Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Thank you for being with us today. You are listening to An Artist Speaks, presented by Contemporary Art Gallery Online. Contemporary Art Gallery Online represents tomorrow's art giants today. Come visit us at Contemporary Art Gallery Online, and there you can view and purchase great works of contemporary art, check out our monthly art competitions and exhibitions, our blog and newsletter, view videos of our artists' work, and listen to artist interviews from this show. Today, our guest is John Jasker. John was born in Columbus, Ohio, and graduated from Ohio State University. He lived in the mountains of Southern California for 20 years, and although John learned to draw and paint as a young boy, his degrees are in the computer science field. It wasn't until 2010, when his wife bought him a large easel and encouraged him to start painting again, that he began to take his art career seriously. Since then, John has been selected in a number of gallery shows and jury contests, including the National Oil and Acrylic Painters Society 2013 International Online Exhibition and in 2014 Best in America show. John's Carousel Horse Number 1 was featured in the June 2014 issue of the Artist Magazine Competition Spotlight. Well, good morning, John, and welcome to An Artist Speaks. Morning, Mike. Glad to be here. We're glad to have you today. By having you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself, John. Sure. Um, as as you said, I graduated uh, from Ohio State with a English literature degree, um, and then uh, when I'm in California, I got a couple other degrees in computer science. So I really had uh, no art training at all. I. Um, worked in uh, uh, computer science for the last 25 years, and as you said, it wasn't until about five years ago because my wife bought me this. Uh, she's been after me to start my artwork up again, and it wasn't until she bought me uh, this big, beautiful easel for Christmas uh, that I finally decided, okay, sure, I should put some time back into it. And since then, it's become uh, pretty intense. I All hours I have free from work, I put into art, and I'm learning things that uh, it's astounding, you know. What I learned uh, from all the artwork that's out there on the Internet, it's really helped uh, boost my career, and it's really been the training that I liked when I was young. Well, I tell you, John, I, when you look at your paintings, uh, you would think that you had been painting for years and years. Well, you know, Mike, uh, from very early age, um, I was able to – I did a lot of sketching – um, always had a pencil with me, and I was able to sketch pretty much realistically anything I looked at, whether it was a face or an animal or a tree or anything. So I had that innate talent to begin with. Well, and other than your wife, has there been a, another artist or a teacher or someone in your life that has influenced your art? Um, there really hasn't been anybody. I mean, once I started to uh, to get into art around 210, then... Of course, I, I scoured the Internet for, for all the art blogs, and I read a lot of them. There's some artists uh, that 
that have influenced me that I really like. Uh, Andrea Brucey is one of them. Um, Brian Keeler with his marvelous colors is another one. Uh, Janet Turnoff, uh, who does a lot of architectural stuff, is very realistic in her buildings, yet the same same sense brings a lot of color that's not natural to the building. So she's been a great influence also on me. If I had to pick uh, an artist that is really one of my favorite of all time, that would be Edward Hopper. Um, and I know a lot of people say that, and I'm like a lot of people. I really don't know what it is about Edward Hopper's painting. I just know that when I see him, uh, my, it takes my breath away. There's something there that I can't stop staring at. And that's uh, one of the influences that's helped me in my paintings. I, I try to get that same thing, that same sense that when someone looks at my painting, they have to stop and they have to sort of take in their breath and say, oh, wow, what is that about that painting that that I can't pass by without stopping and looking at it? Well, I would say it's probably the realism. Well, you know, that that's funny. Um, it is. Myself being a computer science uh, and most of the stuff I do, I'm very technical. So I, in my work, I'm, I use both sides of my brain, but I'm also very technical. And so, yes, my work is very, very realistic. Um, I call it uh, realistic impressions because if you look closer, what I do is offset the realism with splashes of, of uh, expressionism, especially bold colors, bold colors that don't blend, that are side-by-side, like puzzle pieces. And what that does is really it brings out the parts of the painting that are realistic and almost pushes them out of the painting. And most paintings I have like two or three levels of abstraction and then some real points of realism that I want to push out and want to and sort of guide the viewer's eye. And so, as again, most people would say it's realistic, but there's a lot of expressionism in them, too. Well, John, with your art, uh, uh, tell the audience about the process you go through, starting with where you get your inspiration for your paintings. Well, like most artists, I have a camera with me everywhere I go. So <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm constantly taking pictures, you know. Uh, a lot of times uh, people look at me, oh, I guess they're saying, oh, what's this guy always taking pictures of our family sitting in this park or kids playing in a frolic in, in a fountain or, you know, cars driving by in freeways. But uh, I have hundreds of photos, and the way I do that is I come up with an idea, um, whether it's a scene, a setting, whether it's uh, old cars or uh, Americana, I love to paint Americana. I get enough uh, photos, examples, and then I scour the Internet, the free images of the Internet, scour those. And so when I sit down and compose something on the computer, I always do that. Um, I have probably 15 or 30 photos. And what I'll do is cut and paste uh, using the computer program and get it... Uh, uh, get something that looks like what I want. And then I'll use that loose um, scenario that I built on a computer. I, and most of my uh, paintings are fairly large, 40 by 30 by 40 or something that size. So I'll create a grid like a lot of artists do on the painting. 
and a grid on the computer image I have, and then I'll transfer it that way from grid to grid. So I got a fairly realistic uh, image drawing on my canvas. And then I'm, since I use acrylics, and uh, the great thing about acrylics, of course, they dry nearly immediately. I use uh, bold acrylics. Um, they're thick. Um, they're very colorful most of the time right out of the tube. I mix colors, but most of my mixing goes on on the canvas. So when I'm doing, once I have a drawing on the canvas, I'll try, I'll experiment. Um, for some areas of the canvas, I may change it five or six or seven times before I'm, before I'm good with it. And as I talked about before, I use expressionistic colors. So I usually put those areas in first. And, determine, and by the... The amount of expression is that'll tell me how much how realistic the other parts of the painting will come. And so I build up one side expressionism, one side realism until the whole uh, canvas is covered. And then I stand back and I usually put it on the wall for a week or so, start on another painting. Then I'll go back and then I'm sort of like I'm an archaeologist. I'll look at the Paint pieces of the painting that I want to really bring out, that I want to be um, almost photorealistic. Then I'll polish them with layers and layers and layers of color. Uh, some translucent colors, some thicker colors, but I'll keep bringing those out like that, almost like I'm polishing old rocks or antiques that I've found. And in the same sense, I'll push back until the final uh, painting is that kind of painting that I say about Edward Hopper, when I walk by it, I have to stop and look at it. Um, very recently, I've added texture to my paintings. I, I've never done that except for the last couple months. And now I have this sense of some of my paintings that when I walk by them, I want to put my hands on them. I want to feel them because I see this texture, and the light plays off of that texture and the ridges and stuff like that. And so now I have not only the realism of the colors, but also I'm bringing more realism to the texture of the objects I'm painting. Well, that's wonderful. And, John, how long then does it take you on average to complete one of your paintings? Well, this is what uh, freaks a lot of people out. It usually takes me, as I say, my paintings are fairly big, mm -hmm. uh, 30 inch by 40 inch are the normal ones. And that takes me probably five to six months to finish a painting. Now, I'm I'm usually working on more than one painting at a time, so it's not like I spend that five or six months on that painting all the time. But since I'm still mostly painting part-time, uh, it will take me uh, four or five months. I think the shortest time I've ever done a painting was uh, one month. John, you mentioned that do your art on a part-time basis. Uh, how do you go about scheduling time for your art? Uh, it's it's pretty much uh, any free time. You know, um, I get up very early in the morning, five thirty, and I do some work at the at the computer. You know, composing stuff and sometimes sketching. And then when I get home uh, at night, I'll put in two or three hours painting. Um, on the weekends, I'm a pretty full-time painter. Um, so pretty much all my free time, I'm mostly painting. 
And when do you, or how do you go about marketing your art? Uh, what do you do for your marketing efforts here? Well, um, as you as you spoke earlier, it is interesting. The internet has become now an art market in itself, and that's uh, good and bad because you know the good thing is now we're not bound all the time by galleries. The bad thing is you, you just there's too much out there. There's too much. I'd spend all my time marketing if, if that was it. So what I've found uh, over the last three or four years, the best way to market my art is entering contests uh, like yours. i found that um, on my normal um, artist uh, link that the more contests I enter and the more contests that I win, the more hits I get on my uh, my site. Um, so I think really the marketing I do is mostly entering those contests. And they sort of do the marketing for me. Well, that is a good point. Uh, I think uh, you brought out a good point in that there is a lot of stuff out there. Um, but I do think, uh, you know, the entering contests are certainly a lot of, you know, online contests. And certainly I encourage people or other art, or artists to get involved in local contests and as well as getting involved with local art groups and, and that type of thing just for the ability to to kind of share ideas and and th- things of that nature. And that's a great point. I just recently uh, started entering a lot of Ohio contests. And uh, one that I was uh, selected as a finalist uh, was the Zanesville Art Museum. And I got to go to the opening and uh, meet all the other artists, and we talked, you know, and it's it's very interesting how much I can learn in simply in an hour with a group of other artists because we're all asking the same question, how would you do this, how would you do that? You know, so when I see a painting online, I'm never able to ask the artist, uh, how in the world did you achieve that that look and feel? But when I go to the to the local ones, like the, uh, the local Ohio Association, then we're all able to ask each other, you wouldn't believe how many times artists will come up to me when I go to one of these things and say, how in the world do you get that kind of color out of acrylics? We thought you could only do that with oil painting. And so that leads into a long discussion about well, the various techniques. And well, and that's good because I think that, you know, I think art is like any other talent. Um, the more you practice it, the better you become at the talent. And to be involved or be around other artists is certainly a great way to exchange ideas, learn new techniques, uh, you know, and it's not necessarily copying, but it may give you an idea of, well, I could do that and mix it in with what I do and, and get this kind of result. So I think there's a lot of knowledge and artists are great about sharing the knowledge that they have in their art. They really are, too. You know, it's just uh, astounding. And now I've found out that uh, as I as I look at watch more blogs and read more blogs, artist blogs online, I'm mm-hmm. very surprised when I send in questions or comments how many times they'll actually answer me back, and then we'll get a conversation going that way. It's quite helpful. Yes, it is. That's a that's a great information. Well, John, we're at a good spot here for a quick commercial break and then when we come back we'll talk about the art that you had uh, entered and won with in the 
competition on Contemporary Art Gallery Online. Okay. I want to let our listeners know that you can view and purchase John Jaster's artwork by going to ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com. Click on the Search Gallery tab and then on the Search Artist tab and then look for John Jaster's name. Contemporary Art Gallery Online is the number one source for showcasing tomorrow's art giants. So if you're an artist seeking gallery representation, click on the Artist Member Corner and follow the prompts under the Member Application Process tab. And if you're a designer, architect, or just a lover of great art who believes art can turn a house into a home, then come visit us and review some of the wonderful art created by some of the finest artists from around the world. You can search by style, medium, color, size, or even by the individual artist. And again, to view John Jaster's beautiful art, just click on the search gallery and then follow the prompts to John's name. Well, John, uh, this uh, first piece let's talk about has certainly, uh, I think, been a very successful piece for you. Uh, tell the audience about Carousel Horse Number 1. Sure. Um, Carousel Horse Number 1 came about because uh, I have this growing fascination with uh, Amer- Americana. There's so many objects like old cars, carousels, uh, country store gas stations from my youth that, that is quickly disappearing from the landscape, from American landscape. So a lot of my paintings are, are an attempt to, to capture these these objects. Carousel Horse was a is part of a fascination I've had with these um, what I call objects of art since I was a child. And we used to go on every carousel uh, at Lake Erie and everywhere else and. and in carnivals, and at that time they'd bring circuses through the small towns. And I was always marveled by these beautiful animals. Um, they're almost works, statues of art, you know. They're carved yeah. intricately. They, they're painted beautifully. And so uh, I started a series of carousel animals. This was the first one. And uh, what fascinated me about this, I spent like six six months on it. And by the end of it, I was—it was almost like I was polishing this this wooden animal because I was kept putting more layers and more layers on it to get the reflections to to build up. And in the end, um, once I finished on it and put it up on my art site, it was incredible uh, how many people commented on it. And uh, what was really fascinating is there's a lot of uh, organizations in America that collect uh, these animals, these carousel animals, and take pictures of them and have albums of them. And I've had a lot of communication with, with those people. Now, did uh, you use an image on these pieces? How did you, uh, on this, what did you use to create the painting? Yeah, on this one I had a central image, then I had three or four other images. Um, so uh, most of the horse uh, was a single image, although I looked at reflections of other horses and sort of changed it some. Uh, again, the way I do things, I like to do both realism and extraction. So there's a lot of extraction, abstraction in the painting. Uh, the reflection on the horse's necks, reflection on the brass rails on the carousel. Uh, from far away, it looks, oh, those are realistic. But if you get up close, those are really just blotches of color, you know. 
And so I, I looked at a lot of uh, uh, zebra horses and sort of took the reflections, the best reflections I could find off the pieces, off the images. Well, it certainly is a very beautiful and wonderful piece, John. That's one of my favorites. And another piece that you entered uh, along the Americana theme was called Quaker State. Yeah, Quaker State, again, um, this was from a, a, a picture of an old uh, gas station in New Mexico. And there's there's a half a dozen of the same theme, these kind of things across that part of the country. But again, it's part of Americana that it's so fastly, uh, so quickly disappearing. But what drew me to this mostly was um, that that line of of objects, the Quaker State sign, the old beat-up barrel, the old uh, oil cans, and then the and then the old gas pumps. What I was able to, what I liked about this was the ability again to add texture uh, to these to these objects. Um, they're not exactly like the picture. In fact, I've made them much more beat up and ancient and rusted than than they actually are. But once I got into it, like the sign, for instance, if you get close to the picture, you'll see that there's a lot of texture. The bullet holes that you see in those old signs, the rust, those are built up over layers and layers. And the same with the, the oil cans. Uh, the ridges you see painted are actually, if you put your hand along it, really ridges uh, in the paint as I as I make the thicker and the thinner. So, again, this is a learning... All paintings, since I've only been doing it for five years, all these paintings are learning experiences for me. And each one I learned something more. And in this one I really learned how to put texture down using acrylic. Well, and again, the detail. Uh, I even love the uh, kind of in the background there is one of the old Coca-Cola chest kite machines. I remember those. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's and, and what's nice about backgrounds you can sneak stuff in and people don't usually see it first time around. For instance, can you see the store Indian uh, back there in the background? Oh yeah. yeah see I didn't <laughs> <laughs> And in between the gas pumps there's an old car back in there. Yeah, I see that. I see the old car. But yeah, it's it's marvelous about backgrounds. You can put all kinds of things in there that, that they really give depth to the painting because once, once a person starts looking at it, they say, oh, wow, I missed that. Well, it is a wonderful painting and uh, very detailed, uh, as we talked about. And, yeah. and the next painting was a little change of pace, uh, more of a mechanical painting. It was called Butterfly Repose. Right. So this one, again, a learning experience. I wanted to, most of my things, as we talked about, the first thing you'd say, it's very realistic. Well, this, the first thing you'd probably say is, well, it's, it's sort of abstract. And so you see the abstraction in the background, and you see the flowers. Uh, the bold colors, of course, is what I like most about my paintings. But flowers give you that ability to bold splashes of color that look realistic with just a few little outlines that make the petals look realistic. Um and then to bring those flowers out, um, the butterflies, of course, these monarch butterflies we know are starting to disappear, so this is another part of America that we're starting to lose. 
But you can see, again, the three levels of distraction, the background, the flowers, and then the butterfly comes out in, in the realistic uh, sense of it. So this was a challenge for me to do, and uh, it really came out nice. I like it. Well, and certainly in this painting, you really do get a feel of a 3D image. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, that's what I, you know, strive for all all of mine. And um, part of that comes, of course, uh, the butterfly is in between the flowers, so that gives you a nice uh, obstru- uh, nice overlay there. And mm-hmm. the butterfly is more realistic than the flowers, and so that that leads your eye into that. Also, the butterfly, um, you can't tell it, but there's probably nine or ten. Um, layers of glazing on each of those little little sections in that butterfly. So if you yeah. see the, the the painting for real rather than the photo, you see that those almost translucent areas in the butterfly. When you're doing the glazing, are you? I'm going to assume in most cases you're using a very fine brush. Um, a fine brush, yes. But the, the, to me, the trick in glazing, and, and I don't. I don't have it down yet. I'm still learning. But it is to use a single color in each layer, and each of those colors are a little different. So I might use a light uh, yellow and then go to a, a darker orange and then go to a real light pink and real light layers so it doesn't obscure the layers underneath. But as you build that up, the sunlight, if you look at it in good lighting, reflects through all those colors all the way down. So if you have seven, eight colors, there's more reflections. And so what you're looking at it might look orange as you look from another angle. It might look yellow, it might look pink. So it's really fascinating to learn how to glaze like that. Oh, it is. Well, that's very interesting. So depending on the light and your angle to the painting, it, it would actually start to change colors. Absolutely. I saw one artist, I wish I could remember his name. Um, he actually layers the these in like 30 or 40 layers. So there's actually a quarter of an inch built up in glazes. And it looks like you're looking down through glass. So uh, I took my inspiration in him. I don't do anything near that. But as, you, as I build up more layers, that reflection becomes multifaceted. It's quite amazing to, to look at. Well, your art certainly is wonderful, John, and uh, I know you you say you're still growing, and I think all artists are, but I think you're well on your way. Thanks, I appreciate that. Well, John, we are getting near the end of the show. A question I always like to ask the artist is advice that they would give to someone that's uh, new in getting into the art business. Uh, as I say, I am new getting into it, So, uh, but if I had any advice to say, I'd say two things. Uh, paint, 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 paint. I mean, you learn with every painting, so the more you paint, the more you learn, the better you get. It's inevitable. It just happens. The other thing I would say is inner contest. No matter whether you win or not, you'll be able to see the winners and who did win. You'll be able to compare them to yours. If you are selected, um, as one of the finalists, you'll be able to see how yours matches up. Uh, you'll be able to see the reaction to other viewers as you log on to see how many likes and, and stuff like that. So it's just a good learning experience to enter those contests and, and be able to see 
where you stack up year by year against against the other people. Well, that's great advice, uh, especially about uh, the paint, the paint, the paint. I think regardless of what medium you use, whether it's painting or photography or you know working with clay sculptures or, or what have you, uh, like any other talent, it's practice, practice, practice. So uh, I think that's great that's, advice. That's exactly right. So, so the first time I ever tried attempted to paint a tree, I was petrified because I didn't know, well, how in the hell do you paint a tree? And <laughs> after I've done it a dozen, a half dozen times, it's just natural. It just comes so easy. You, you sort of know the colors. You know the you know what the leaves are look like. You know what brushes to use. Uh, so it's just practice. Well, John, well, thank you for joining us today on An Artist Speaks. Sure, Mike. Appreciate it. Love being here. Well, I enjoyed uh, talking with you today, and we look forward to seeing more of your art here on the gallery. And I also want to thank our listeners for being with us today. And again, to view John Jaster's stunning art, to listen to this interview, and of course, purchase some of John's art, visit us at Contemporary Art Gallery online. And I want to let all the artists listening in today know that Contemporary Art Gallery Online hosts a monthly art competition and exhibition. To enter your art, just click on the Art Competition tab and follow the prompts. And while you're there, check out all of our upcoming competitions as well. And if you're an architect, an interior designer, or just a lover of art who loves to have interesting and beautiful art adorning your walls, then visit us at Contemporary Art Gallery Online and view some of the most exciting original art that you just can't find anywhere else. And while visiting our gallery, we would love for you to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog. So please sign up so you can keep up with all that is happening at the gallery. And Artist Speaks airs every Saturday morning, so we'll meet again next week at this same time. Thank you for being with us today, and have a great rest of your weekend. <laughs>